Hey guys, it's Trisha Carr. I have new exciting things going on with my Mystic Arts Academy. You can now subscribe to receive all of the live monthly content for about a third of the investment of a single class. Included are at least one downloadable guided meditation per month, two live events ranging from classes, channeled messages, group readings, intuitive development guidance, Q&A sessions, and tons of community. You'll also have access to a private Facebook community for fellowship and support, and this space is kept super sacred and high vibrational. Your subscription gives you access to the whole library of classes and live events, which are on a vast array of topics. All events are offered online by Zoom video call, and many are also offered live in person at my studio here in Los Angeles. Subscribing to the Mystic Arts Academy is also a way for you to support the Charmed Life podcast and engage on a deeper level. I'm offering the subscription at a super low rate of $22 a month. Joining now locks in this rate for as long as you're subscribed. Click on the description of this episode or go to my website, trishacarcharm.com, and click on Mystic Arts Academy. I look forward to connecting. Hey everyone, it's Trisha Carr. Welcome to this mini episode of Charmed Life and to the third installment of my Metaphysics of the Bible mini series. Mini episodes, mini series. I don't know how long this one's going to go on. Who knows? Maybe it'll be intermittent. But this is the third episode. So the way you'll be able to identify it is if you look in the title, either on YouTube or on my podcast, and you see B3. And that's how you'll be able to identify the mini episodes. The full-length episodes start with a number like the more recent one was about number 162 or 63 or something like that. So that's how you can identify what's going on here. If you are new to this channel or podcast, welcome. My name is Trisha Carr. I am a spiritual teacher. I'm a therapeutic intuitive coach, a certified master hypnotist, and I'm also an animal communicator and multidimensional medium. And so what all of that means is that I'm here to talk about the nature of spirit and the spirit of nature. And I have a background as a Bible scholar, meaning when I was a youth and in my early adulthood, I was a student and a, um, like I say, a scholar is really the best way of the Bible. I was in the church and the um, Protestant church, different denominations of it. I went to a Bible ministry school for a little bit, and I actually got all the way up until the very end of this Bible ministry school, but then it just started to not fit anymore. And it was, you know, it's not necessarily any particular system or any particular person, but it just wasn't fitting anymore. And that was kind of the last straw for me to be doing my spiritual seeking in that paradigm. And I did start my spiritual seeking in that paradigm at about age 10. So if you want to listen to the first one, be one or watch the first one, I kind of explain my background. And but that's just a little recap for you in case you are new here. And so I am going through some Bible passages, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. As I'm inspired, I'm taking complete creative license. I'm looking at it with a lens of metaphysics, with a lens of mysticism, and just receiving downloads about it. Some of these are downloads I've already received as uh, for some of them while I was actually in the church still. Uh, one interpretation that I received while I was in the church, which I'll be 
uh, uncovering a little bit later on was about how there are other planets with other inhabitants. And there was a particular verse that to me as I read it and I kind of felt the guidance of Jesus say to me that it was referring to other planets and that there that we are brethren with those other planets and other, those other beings. And I didn't have any worldview at the time that included other intelligent life on other planets, and the church generally doesn't teach that. But I think that this material, if there is any truth in it, and truth as a reminder means that something is true and accurate if you put it through all of the many different perspectives. So there are truths in the universe, and we are just shifting to different perspectives of those truths. And so it can be perceived from many, if not all, of the infinite perspectives. And so something might be true to me for a while because I'm shifting to many different perspectives. And then it may fall untrue. And that isn't necessarily about the tenant of the truth. It may be about me and how I am departing from my perception so much and my relationship with it that I need to depart from it into the maya, meaning illusion, into the illusion so that then I can gather more information and come back to whatever may be some different tangent, some different perspective of a truth, of a tenet. Anyway, so let's go ahead and get into the subject today, the, the the Bible verse in subject, and this is actually from the Old Testament. It's early on. I'm not necessarily going in any kind of order except for inspiration. But the first two were earlier in the, well, the first one, really, the last episode was the first time di- diving into a particular scripture, to a particular excerpt of this literature, which the Bible is. It's literature, the Torah, the Bible. It's it's literature, and some parts of it you may consider it inspired, some parts of it I may consider it inspired, or some parts of it you may not consider inspired at all. It's literature. And I'm looking for new inspiration because it did have so much to do with my development, continues to, even though I don't really read it anymore. It just shows up. And so this is early on in the sequential ordering of the current canon of the Bible, the Bible that is utilized by the Christians and since it's in the Old Testament or the Torah, by the Jewish uh, people as well. And this is Genesis, Genesis 1, 3, chapter 1, verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. That's it. That's the one that's in the whole excerpt that I'm starting with looking at. And the reason I am inspired by this is because I was actually sitting in a workshop that someone else was giving. I believe it was my friend Lauren Antufermo. And she actually wasn't talking about any of this, but that's how it is. When, when there's some kind of font of truth, inspiration, it may spark some other inspiration in you. And so my, my friend Lauren Antifermo, who her website is soulfultransformations.com, amazing, intuitive, Akashic record reader, astrologer. I'll put a link in the, in the description for you guys if you want to connect with her work. And I um, was sitting in her workshop and for whatever reason, again, not related to what Lauren was talking about or anything that we had been talking about in the whole retreat. And God said, let there be light. And I felt a resonance with the fact that this perspective aligns with dimensions and it aligns with the creation process. Now, of course, it it relates to the creation process, even as it is outlined in the Bible, in this this literature, 
for that is in that is in the ordering of the story of creation of the earth now i'm actually taking license with the timing of this because as it is laid out in the the literature the current translation we have of the literature it talks about the earth in the beginning was heaven and earth and i am actually feeling that this can apply to pre-earth meaning the the architecture that is the very first point of creation now perhaps earth and other planets came directly after this but the thing is we're actually going above and beyond outside of before linear time and so this could be the exact moment of planets being created or it could be a perspective of things happening all at once time is an illusion and in truth like any other truth There is only one moment and we are just shifting to different perspectives of that one moment. And so this is, as I say, maybe you would say it's license or liberty that I'm taking with it. But actually what is happening is it is being lifted out of a sequential linear timing and being brought into the meta timing. And God said, let there be light. So as it concerns, as it speaks to dimensions, it speaks to the universal architecture, God or source energy, if you prefer. In this context, I actually feel for myself, I feel like saying prime creator, the prime creator energy. That this energy was everything and therefore nothing. Pure consciousness, pure, therefore no consciousness. It is like the words that I was inspired by when I was very, like a teenager, and I wrote a poem about it. The words not, N-A-U-G-H-T, and ought, A-U-G-H-T, kind of mean the same thing. Not tends to be utilized in a context of meaning nothing, and ought tends to be utilized in the context of meaning just something. Yet at the root of each of these words, they actually both mean nothing, and everything because if something is everything then it's also nothing because it means that there is nothing there is no contrast there is no duality and so when god said let there be light this was the first point of electricity it was the first moment if possible period first the first experience of something being created And so it is the first thought of God. And as I was sat in that workshop and I heard, and God said, let "Let there be light. And that this light is what we who are mystics understand as the energy named Michael. So in the universal architecture concept or theory, that there's source energy and then the first experience of any kind of creation is the realm in the mysticism, in the mystic thought, the realm of the archangelic. And the first archangelic energy, as we relate to it again, now we're bringing things back into some kind of linearity because that's what we are. We are linear beings from this perception of being physical humans with a birth and a death. That first energy, the first archangel, the first creation is what we relate to with the name Michael. 
And so God said, let there be light. And that was Michael or the archangelic. And what is what kind of unfolded from that is in quantum physics, light is the smallest identifiable matter. And I've also heard it said as quantizable. So when something is quantized, when it can be quantized, it means that it can actually be measured. And so it is the smallest identifiable currently matter. Light is matter. And it is the smallest perception that we can currently relate to as created, as something that is matter from an energy source. And so... When we say beings of light, that's what, I mean, it seems like right now as we're orienting to it, it that's exactly, we're kind of really getting in there. Our science is showing us that light is matter and light is the smallest or first or however you can relate to it, point of creation. And so this point of creation, this first dimension of creation is the archangelic or maybe more specifically the energy that we refer to as Michael. Michael being so proximate to source energy that some in some people's experience, Michael and Jesus the Christ or the Christ consciousness are the same energy. And of course, everything is the same energy. It's only one energy. But you know what I mean as being so proximate to, if you want to say God the Father or the prime creator source energy. That is what Michael is. Michael is the first thought, the first light, the first. And this light is the first I am. As there was nothing in the pureness, the purity of whole consciousness, then when something became I am, that is the experience of creation and cre- the creation process. The first dimension being the archangelic, archangelic partnering then with that same source because nothing can be done without the source, and then furthering creation. The next dimension would be sort of a subset, maybe it's other light beings or angelic beings, and then oversouls, and then uh, planets, really the oversouls of the planets, which are also archangelic energies, and then these partnering together to come and create different beings of physical, more dense, more matter, more composed light, which is what we are, which with the plants are, the animals, and the air, and the elements all coming together to become these. And this is how in the archangelic we relate to Michael being the overseer of the element, the physical element of fire. And fire is related to electricity. Electricity and the experience of being electric is thought energy or will energy. And so see how it, Michael is the first thought of source energy, a prime creator, oversees fire. And then the other archangels oversee water, earth, you know, water with Gabriel, um, earth, Uriel, and air, Raphael. And how these elements then were then created in partnership with source energy by those particular energies that we identify with these names and these characteristics. And they're not limited to that. No. No. I mean, there's just nothing more to say. They are not limited or even properly or fully identified by these different benchmarks that we give them like names and characteristics. They are much more. But it is also true as we relate to them as portals, these different characteristics. And so again, this light is the energy of I am. God or source energy didn't have I am. 
until God said, let there be light. And that partnership of light and the source of it is what is the very first point of the creation process. And of course, the dimensions as I'm explaining it. And so these dimensions, there are like maybe you'd say densities and sub-dimensions and all these variations. They aren't really separations of the energy. It's a spectrum. It's more of a continuum. However, it brings us back to this I am. And you have the same I am. You are the same I am energy. And this is how your creation process unfolds. And so then moving to, just to expand it a little bit, moving to Exodus 3, 14, chapter 3, verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I'm using the King James Version here. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent you. And so this is the I am. I am that I am, saying there isn't anything more to communicate. It is the energy of I am it is the energy of prime creator. And it being expressed as I am, that I am, meaning there isn't anything more to define except for I am, is the relationship of God creating you, me, and then giving you and imbuing you with that absolute power of I am as well. We have absolute free will and therefore we have absolute I am. And so as your I am energy is executed in feeling and in thought, the feeling is more of the the magnet energy and the thought is the electric energy, placing your order, imprinting your order, your thought onto the field, onto the fabric, the akash. And then you hold it with the magnet energy of feeling, sensing kind of energy, your state, and you pull it to you after having electric thought well they really are symbiotic again one isn't before the other they work in tandem together thus the energy field of you know our energy field isn't isn't really spherical we kind of think of it as spherical but it's a torus and a torus is two vortices attaching so there is a bringing together these energies from two different angle two different um poles and that's what you actually are. And the energy field is electric and magnetic. And this is your I am energy in constant execution. And so this means how we bring our I am energy and our creation or manifestation process into alignment is to be in the purity of it. And so this comes down to holding a pure state, allowing things to be moved out that have been collected in and just holding that pure energy of I am. As you hold that pure energy of I am, you are sending that electric thought out and, and vibrating that magnetic state of feeling. And so another point that comes up about this how it informs dimensions, how light or thought energy is experienced. The dimension of four, the fourth dimension, see we have, we are 3D beings, clearly, right? We're in 3D, but we're also 4D, fourth density, fourth dimension. We're moving to this fifth dimension, but the fourth dimension, we're moving to fourth density, but the de dimension is the experience of thought and feeling it is the thought and feeling energy and if we relate it to it being in alignment it is like the heart 
It is the energy of the heart. It is the energy of love. It is the energy of sensing, feeling, and thinking. And when, let's say, for example, one passes, when one ceases to create a physical form, rather than the spirit leaving the body, the body disconnects from the spirit and then it is no longer being created, is given back to the elements and then it is recomposed and released back into the form of light by being received again by your planet, by Mother Earth, if that's the planet you're on. (laughs) I don't know what planet you're on if you're listening. (laughs) So in this fourth dimension, when one passes and if they are in the experience of thought or feeling that is not in a holistic experience of I am, so separation or the illusion, the maya, and if one stays there with that separation, then the light does begin to sort of decompose. It doesn't ever, it, it can't be destroyed, but it can be decomposed because there isn't a light source continuing to create it. So let me just back up a little bit. You don't only have to be dead in order to be experiencing 4D in either a, a composition of light or a decomposition. When we have a thought or feeling state of separation, then essentially we are in the realm of the ghost. We're in the realm of not connecting to the one I am energy. And so if we reject ourselves and we say, I am bad, then we are in the illusion so fully that we are not currently in the process of creation. We are not currently in the process of the true I am. We have arrested our I am and we 